This is your gateway to the latest trends in the Gulf, bringing you exclusive insights and thought-provoking discussions. Welcome to AB Majlis, an Arabian business podcast. You can find our weekly episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for more exclusive content, subscribe to us on arabianbusiness.com. Welcome to AB Majlis. I'm Nicole Abigail, reporter at Arabian Business and your host for today. On this episode, we're going to discuss women leadership with Rima Murad, who's a corporate commercial lawyer in Dubai with an extensive experience of over 18 years. Join us as we dive into the inspiring story of a business leader who carved her way in a particularly male-dominated industry. Thank you for joining us today, Rima. Thank you. What does leadership mean to you? Leading by example. Okay. I think leadership consists of being a good example to follow and at the same time providing support to the people around you so that they can explore opportunities to improve in their careers and at the same time look at you as an example as to what they need to do or at least an inspiration as to what they can aspire to or look for in terms of their career progress and the opportunities that they can have in terms of their professional lives. Okay. And can you share your personal journey and experiences in sort of breaking into this male-dominated industry? Totally. We can't deny that the legal industry is heavily male-dominated because of the nature of work, the, the involvement, and the fact that developing your career within the legal industry requires a lot of time dedication and at the same time, sales and professional skills. I started my career in Dubai. I studied in Lebanon and then I came to Dubai as a trainee because I was looking for experience within an international firm or at least experience working with uh, transactions or on transactions that involve international aspects. I always wanted to be a corporate commercial lawyer, so at least I knew that I want to, yeah. to be involved in, in this field. I moved here, I came here for like a couple of months for this internship, and it was a way for me to explore further the sector and know if I want to pursue this. But I had plans and I already had my plans in place to continue my master's degree. So I came to Dubai, I started with BSA, I found quickly an opportunity with BSA. And at that time in 2005, Dubai was booming, like all industrial and and corporate commercial sectors were booming. Real estate started to be promoted for in freehold areas for expatriates, IPOs, and even the capital markets started witnessing a huge amount of applications. Everybody was interested to know more about Dubai, a lot of foreign investments. So when I came here, I did an internship of two months. And before I completed my internship, the firm offered me a job. So that was somehow like a turning point in my future, because at that time I had to decide, should I stay? Should I leave? Should I go continue my education? I decided to stay because I had the opportunity to work on transactions. I knew I wouldn't have access to anywhere else. And at that time, there was a need for lawyers. There was a need for lawyers from all sectors and from yeah. all ex like young trainees, uh, seniors, councils, and so on and so forth. So this is how I started. And from 2005 to 2008, I had a chance to work on a huge amount of transaction. I remember at that time, we used to work like all days of the week. We didn't have any weekends really? because we had to cope. We had to cope with the need of our clients, with the expectation of our clients. And we had to cope with Dubai as well because Dubai was moving so fast. If we wouldn't do that, we wouldn't be able to follow. So we did it. And it worked very well for me. By 2008 and 2009, I started developing my own client base. I know for a fact that 
this experience for any lawyer anywhere else in the world wouldn't matter that much. You would still be considered as a junior. But I think that nature of transaction, the amount of transactions, the interaction we had with firms from all over the world definitely enriched my experience a lot and allowed me to build my personality, to also work on creating my character as a lawyer and to build a strong relationship with my clients. A lot of my clients at that time were also starting in Dubai. So they had to witness their growth, like a huge development in their business plan, approximately all of them. Really? They surpassed the success rate they've expected. Oh, wow. So we had companies which started in 2005 with, for example, two to three employees. They were around 500 in 2008. That's amazing. And they were already expanding across the region. And because we started with them, this built this close connection to clients that we managed to nurture throughout the years. But this definitely shaped my character as a lawyer as well and helped me build the client base that supported my career progress throughout the years to come. And definitely like Dubai's experience and Dubai's success helped me in terms of fulfilling my expectations, my my dreams in terms of my career, what do I look for? And our firm, because we're a Dubai law firm, which progressed across the years. We moved from Dubai to open across all the other Emirates. And then we moved from the UAE to open in Saudi Arabia. And then we moved to Oman and to other like offices in Iraq and Lebanon. So we're like a local success story (laughs) that went beyond the boundaries of the UAE. That's absolutely amazing. Obviously, aside from all your hard work, you can kind of say that it helped to be in the right place at the right time as well, right? And knowing that the right people, all of that helped as well. Totally. At that time, the UAE was welcoming so many foreign investments and it was a center of attention and uh, shaping itself as an economic international center. So this gave chance to everyone that wasn't here to make a mark. What are some of the biggest challenges you faced as a woman and, you know, with the leadership role in the industry? I can't deny that as a woman in this specific industry, you tend to face a lot of challenges and these challenges can be personal as well as professional. So obviously, like, I won't get into, like, you have problems that women face in any industry in terms of judgments, expectations, and I don't want to say negative, but rather restricted employment laws and regulations that yeah. may not allow them to fulfill their expectations as women and as professional or within their careers at the same time. But I can deny that as a woman, I faced various challenges across various stages of my career. Definitely at the beginning of my career, I had to make full commitment to work, which can be very compromising at certain points for women with families. If they want to grow their family, if they're starting their family, the expectations of the work that I was doing required that I should be available 24 seven. And this is something I know for a fact took a lot out of my energy and my dedication and my time for other things in my life, which is something that other women could not afford or cannot make. So this was one of the challenges that I believe as a woman I had to face because women are always expected in this context to give more. Right. You need to prove yourself more than I think anyone else within the same position. And at the same time, you need to prove yourself every day. And there is a presumption that women are not necessarily looking for leadership. That's why you don't find the right endorsement and not only endorsement, but rather training to progress within your career, to take responsibilities as a leader. So I had to go and fight for these 
responsibilities. And sometimes I used to do more than what is required from me just to showcase that I'm able to take the responsibility. And this is something that if you don't get the proper training or the proper setup, you may be discouraged or at the same time, you may be, you may not know how to do it. Again, I was lucky enough because I was present at a time when we needed, we always needed resources. We always needed more people. We were looking to grow and to expand across the region. So I had the opportunity to go and grasp all the options and all the chances that were in front of me. And the only thing that I relied on throughout my career is to work to be dedicated to my work. This thing always proved to be very efficient for me. I had nothing else but to prove myself in terms of dedicating my time to deliver and uh, giving work a priority in my life. Of course. No, I think that's very inspiring because a lot of women who they want to focus on their career as well, but they also have personal factors. It gets very difficult to sort of be able to balance that out. And I think the fact that you put that effort and you put that hard work and you made it to where you are today, it can be inspiring to a lot of women who are starting there. Totally. I agree with you. It's just about raising awareness about how should we empower women to make this balance, yes. not to make this choice at every single stage of their career. Because a lot of women do not fight for advancement because they are really concerned about whether they can cope. And, and this is a real challenge for a lot of women. And that's why you can always see them shying away from leadership, although they prove throughout their careers that they are worth it. They can do it. And they're always excelling in what they're doing, but they're not taking the step because they're over-concerned about whether we can cope with the challenges of the position or not. I think this is a matter of awareness, of training, of changing the culture of how to deal with women in these circumstances, empowering uh, women on so many levels, and also working within the organization to change the way HR is looking at these issues, how to allow women to make this balance, and how to create an environment to give women enough confidence to pursue these kind of opportunities. I completely agree. Can you recall a specific moment or incident that stands out as a turning point in your career? That's a very difficult question. In my career, I had a lot of support from the other partners in the firm. At certain points of time, their support was very important to allow me to prove myself and at the same time to showcase my capabilities. They allowed me to be in places to prove that I can do it and how I can do it. So definitely taking some responsibilities within the firm on management level proved that I can take these kind of responsibilities and I can take my job to the second level. And this allowed me to negotiate, for example, an equity position within the firm. This was only possible because they looked at me and they considered me to be worthy of this position. Of course. In navigating this male-dominated space, what strategies or approaches do you find most effective in gaining the trust and support of your colleagues and your superiors? Focus on your goals and do not be demotivated. I think this is what worked for me because when you try to prove yourself within a male environment, women tend to be very, very sensitive to remarks And they always question, for example, if you want to make an intervention, if you want to say an opinion, any remark that's addressed to you can be demotivating and at the same time can create a lot of questions in your mind. I think women tend to feel this much more than men. If you're young, for example, 
you will always be treated as a young girl. So when you give a comment, you're sitting in a boardroom with your clients, with your managers, with other people from the company, you give a comment, that reply may tend to be addressed to you depending on your age. So sometimes if you're young, the way to respond to you will be somehow like intimidating. And this may discourage the woman from making any further comments. So navigating these kind of situations, I think is very, very important. I've done it in the past. The problem is to always work on your self-confidence, always work on dealing with negative situations or situations that you don't like with a lot of transparency by learning from them instead of using them as examples to demotivate you. And at the same time, as a woman, I always recommend to other women and even to other women that work with me and at the beginning of their career, whenever you at a situation where you're questioned because you're a woman and you're surrounded by men, you just need to make sure that you are able to act with objectivity. You neutralize the situation. Don't make any statements that are sentimental because this will be used against you. And to do that, you need to always retain a professional approach to the situation. And you need to ensure that this comment is not repeated by creating a neutral situation to allow you first to know how to deal with it and second to better manage these situations in the future. Obviously, these kind of situations will always occur. However, it's the confidence that you build that will allow a woman to improve the way they deal with it with time without making any impact on them. We can't do anything to discard any such situations from existing. We can definitely continue to raise awareness about the importance of creating objective environment, empowering environment to allow women to excel within certain situations or in general, obviously. But we cannot totally discard that there will be some situations where women are intimidated or compromised. Uh, The best way to deal with that is to train women how to deal with these situations. And obviously over time, we will be able to reach a stage where we can hopefully discard these kinds of events from happening. Yes, we're waiting for that day to come. Exactly. (laughs) It's not only within the legal industry. I can say within so many industries that are male dominated, women take a long time to excel. And the only way to do that if they got support from within or if they're connected or if they have a stake or like a shareholding in the company. But We still have examples that are very prominent regionally, locally, and internationally that we can follow. And I believe from dealing with these women who have made it, the only thing I can take as a rule is that they've always been very truthful to their personalities. They've always been able to keep walking. Disregarding the negative comments, the situations they were in, they kept walking and they kept moving towards their goals and learned from any negative experience to know how to deal with certain situations. Okay. And just to get a bit more personal in this conversation, would you say you had a role model through this and who would you say it is and what did you learn from them? I can't say that I have one role model that I followed. In my career, I've encountered a lot of inspiring lawyers that uh, I take as an example in certain things. Some of them were an example for me in their professionalism, some of them in their approachability and humility, some of them in their success, some of them in their personality. So I have different examples that I follow in my life. In leadership, I look for for independence, 
to be genuine and to be truthful to your goals, to your objectives, to your ethics. All of these are very essential. And I think when you follow them, you can be a good leader and a fulfilling leader and someone you're proud of in your career and in your life in general. But personally, I don't have one fixed example that I follow as much as I have so many women as examples and so many things that they've done or they've achieved. Right. What advice would you offer to aspiring female professionals, especially those looking to get into the legal industry, but just in general as well? I have so many advices that I, I, I have. It I, is a I, hard I'm question. looking about the most like relevant one. Yes. For young lawyers, women lawyers, I would recommend that they try to be dedicated. If they want to progress within their careers, they need to be dedicated to their job. I'm not saying on account of anything else. I think the new generation is more than able to manage. I'm very proud of the new generation. And I believe that they've learned a lot from the past experiences. They have set their priorities very well and they're very transparent as to what they want to be and how they want to achieve it. And that's something I didn't have, for example. But again, I do believe that they need to to be dedicated to think about the experience as a priority over anything else. Okay. Because at the beginning of your career, you can afford to work to gain experience. This okay. is something you can't afford at a later stage of your life because you will be judging your own success at that right. time. So to do that, invest in building as much experience as you can. Make sure that you work within an organization that supports your growth. If you believe that the system does not allow you to progress, try to change it. I always encourage women to be vocal about the experiences that they go through. And if you can change something, work towards changing it or at least making an impact in terms of changing it. But if you reach a stage where it's not working, don't surrender. Don't be afraid of change. Face your fears. I think personally as well, the early stages of my career, it was very hard for me to be vocal. There's always this stigma and there's just something that stops you from doing it. And I think it's a daily battle to be able to combat that. There's no day that you're just going to wake up and be like, today's the day that I'm going to do it. I think it's a daily struggle. It's a daily daily struggle. struggle. I always encourage people to face their fears. And I was saying that it's something that we hear every day, face your fears. How do you face your fears? The only thing is, do not shy away from problems. True. I know it's not easy to face your problems all at once, of course. but prepare yourself to deal with them. The majority of problems are smaller than what you think when you have to deal with them. And this is the only way to move forward. Right. You pass the first fear, the second fear, the third fear, and then you will always have fears in your life. You will never, like, I will Absolutely. never be <laughs> like as strong as I, yeah. I do imagine, but I always try to deal with my own challenges. I don't want to keep them at challenges. I want to find a solution to allow them to transform into opportunities instead of challenges. That's amazing. It's always one step at a time. You know, I think yeah, that's exactly. the way to make it. What are some challenges that companies face here in the Middle East? I don't see that companies face many challenges in here as much as I see them exploring the opportunities that the region can offer them. But I can't deny that a lot of them underestimate the regulatory environment and the licensing environment. This is one of the challenges they face because when they come here, they are under the understanding that it's more or less close to what they do at home. And sometimes it's not. So this is one of the things that may create a challenge for corporations. But in a nutshell, I don't see the region, especially the UAE, because the UAE's approach to foreign investment is mainly 
depending on making it easy to do business, creating regulations that's supportive of business and foreign investments, opening up to the growth of the markets. They always have initiatives to encourage investments, uh, development across so many sectors, and they listen. They listen to the market. This is one of the few governments, I believe, that listen to right. what investors are looking for, what corporations and companies and stakeholders are looking for, and they answer it. That's why you can see that there's constant change in the regulations. There's always some initiatives that the local authorities are working on to improve or to address the concerns that the markets have raised at right. certain point of time. This is something very positive, I believe, about the jurisdiction. Absolutely. And that's why you can see that some corporations come here to do a specific scope and then they grow to expand their businesses to include more and more. Finally, to bring it back to the theme of the podcast, the country has come up with a lot of initiatives and laws to support women empowerment. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Yes, totally. I think there has been so many initiatives over the past years to improve the position of women under certain laws, including the employment law, which is very important to at least create a minimum set of rules and regulations to support the position of women within corporations. We have seen more maternity days. We have seen equal pay commitments under the law or at least obligations on corporations. Mm -hmm. And both of these things, I think they are very important because on the maternity angle, except in a country like the UAE, where you have very large expatriate community, this is one of the things that women will really depend on to be able to, to develop and to have their own families without compromising the progress in their careers. And at the same time, the equal pay is also an indication that women should be treated on equal basis like men. We've also seen a lot of requirements imposed by different authorities like minimum contributions and board uh, formation and memberships. And this is also very important because it will allow us to see a minimum amount of women sitting on boards of public companies at least. And this is a way of creating a new generation of women that are trained for these kind of position and themselves will be able to train the future generation. So I know that uh, quotas usually are not something that is positive, but I think it's something that's very important and it's a transitional phase that will allow us to consider this as normal and to treat it and deal with it as normal and be used to, to include women in the formation of boards of that level. So I can continue talking about this, but I believe that various authorities have committed to the role of women and the UAE government is also playing a key role in this by acting as, uh, as a role model. Well, that was a great way to end it as well. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. And thank you to all our subscribers. Sign up to arabianbusiness.com for all exclusive content.